0: Welcome to Snooze with Sam, Scottish sleep stories, ambience, and guided meditations. This week, I want to take you on a journey through our night sky, on this beautiful evening on the banks of this stunning loch. With a campfire crackling away, wee waves lapping on the sandy shoreline, and the odd hooting of barn owls were certainly spoiled for atmosphere. Now make sure you've got a nice cup of tea or cocoa. Or whiskey, if that's your thing. It's a chilly night and arguably essential for a night of gazing up at the night sky. So when you are quite ready, lie back Take a nice deep breath and enjoy this journey through our solar system. Before we begin, why don't you go and draw a circle in the sand just down there by the water? This circle is going to represent the sun. Now when we look up at the sky tonight, obviously we cannot see the sun, but it's a good place to start on our journey through space. The sun in the grand scheme of things is just an ordinary medium-sized yellow star located on an arm of the Milky Way galaxy. The Milky Way is but one of about 150 billion galaxies in the universe. Earth and eight other planets orbit the Sun. and the Sun carries them along at 150 miles per second as it travels on an orbit of its own within the Milky Way. A trip that takes 225 million years. As stars go The Sun may be no more than average size, but to us here on Earth, it is absolutely immense. One million Earths could fit into the Sun, which has a diameter of 864,000 miles. The sun alone makes up 99% of our solar system's mass. Life on earth is absolutely dependent on the sun. It is the heart of the solar system, the source of all energy, heat and light. So what would happen if the sun suddenly shut down? Light from the sun, which is 93 million miles away, travels to Earth in a matter of eight minutes. If this light were extinguished, it would take Eight minutes for our world to be plunged into total darkness. Since the sun warms our planet, all animal and plant life would be thrown into a terminal deep freeze. It is estimated that the sun was formed Around 4.6 billion years ago, when our solar system was a mere cloud of gas, ice, and dust, gravity then caused the clouds to shrink and form into a gaseous sphere. The inner part or center became the Sun, while the outer part became our planets. And then as our solar system evolved, Earth reached an almost solid state. The Sun, however, is still made up of gases. it is composed largely of hydrogen around 92 percent with some helium and a trace of heavier elements the sun's energy comes from nuclear fusion heat and pressure force hydrogen atoms together. This condition starts a reaction that fuses the hydrogen nuclei and creates helium atoms. The process releases completely unthinkable amounts of energy and it is not unlike the explosion of a hydrogen bomb. The energy the Sun produces comes to us as light which travels from the Sun to Earth in waves of electromagnetic radiation. And this electromagnetic spectrum contains light of every different wavelength. Some light is visible and can be seen with a simple optical telescope. The rest is invisible, such as gamma rays, ultraviolet, x-rays, microwaves, Infrared and radio waves. Special telescopes can detect this invisible radiation. The sun, however, is more than just a nuclear furnace, predictably producing energy. It's sometimes Erratic behaviour is determined by electromagnetic activity. Like Earth, the Sun has a main magnetic field with opposite north and south magnetic poles. Earth's field is formed by the movement of molten iron within our planet's superheated core. The Sun's field is formed by the movement of electrically charged particles called plasma. There is a cycle to the magnetic activity of the Sun. It starts with the magnetic field lines running neatly from pole to pole. But since the Sun rotates more rapidly at its equator than its poles, these magnetic field lines tend to stretch. The flow of plasma drags these field lines about, creating new currents and producing more magnetic fields. This then results in varied magnetic activity in one region or another. Activity rises and falls. It peaks, wanes and peaks again over the course of a cycle that lasts on average 11 years. Eventually the sun will shut down, the hydrogen will burn out and the sun will begin to burn helium increasing in luminosity as well as in size. Temperatures will rise in our solar system once the helium is gone the sun will explode. Its core will collapse into that of a dwarf star about the size of Earth. All of this will happen in about five billion years, so no need to worry yet. If we journey a little further through space from the Sun we come across the very first planet in our solar system and that planet is Mercury. Why don't you go down onto the sand and make a little tiny circle about three and a half to four centimetres from the Sun. Yeah, that's good. That little dot will be Mercury. All will become clear in time. Mercury is the planet closest to the Sun. And the fastest in the solar system. Named for Mercurius, the Roman god of speed, commerce and travel. Mercury races through space at an astonishing 31 miles per second, circling the Sun in just 88 Earth days. Its elliptical orbit carries it as close as 29 million miles to the Sun and as far away as 44 million. In contrast to its speedy orbit around the Sun, Mercury's rotation on its axis is extremely slow. It takes 59 Earth days for it to spin only once. And it's so slow that a full day on Mercury, that's sunrise to sunrise, takes hundred and seventy-six Earth days. Mercury's temperature fluctuations are also the most extreme in the Solar System. A result of both the planet's proximity to the Sun and the absence of a protective atmosphere temperatures on the day or Sun side of the planet can soar to as high as 470 degrees Celsius or 880 degrees Fahrenheit and on the night side they can plummet to minus 186 degrees Celsius or minus 300 degrees Fahrenheit, with no atmosphere to protect its surface, Mercury also has no defense against meteorites. Like Earth's Moon, much of its surface is scarred by impact craters from collisions with meteors. Mercury has no moons of its own and until recently was thought to have no water. In 1991 however, astronomers studying the planet using radar reported that Mercury may have water ice as its north pole. The evidence exists deep inside craters where the sun does not shine. Now the next planet in our solar system you can see tonight. See if you look over there, just above the horizon, you can see a particularly bright star. Although, that's the thing. That star is in fact the planet of Venus. And it's shining very brightly tonight amongst the thousands of other stars in the sky. Now why don't you go and draw in the sand a slightly bigger circle, about another three or four centimetres further away from the sun. Venus is situated 67,000,000 miles from the Sun, so about the same again as Mercury's distance. Now except for our Sun and our Moon, Venus is the brightest object in our sky. Easily visible with the naked eye, just like tonight. The Romans named it after the goddess of love and beauty. Venus is an inner rocky planet, situated between Mercury and us on Earth. Because Venus is so close to Earth in size, mass, and composition, and distance from the Sun, it is considered a kind of twin to Earth. But realistically it is a far different world from ours. Venus is hot, the hottest planet in the solar system, with a surface temperature of about 900 degrees Fahrenheit or 480 Celsius. Venus is even hotter than Mercury, the planet which is actually closest to the Sun. Venus has no oceans, rain or wind. It has a thick atmosphere of spinning clouds that trap surface heat. This cloud layer produces a greenhouse effect, making it hot enough to melt lead. The clouds also reflect sunlight, which accounts for the vast majority of Venus's luminosity. The planet has no satellites and no magnetic field to speak of. Another dramatic difference from Earth. the intense pressure of the Venus's atmosphere. Its surface pressure is 90 times that of Earth. So standing on Venus would feel as though you were 3,000 feet deep in the ocean here on planet Earth. The dense atmosphere is composed mostly of carbon dioxide, droplets of sulfuric acid, and almost no water vapor. The intense surface pressure is why probes that have landed on Venus have survived only hours before being crushed. Venus's rotation is slow, but also a little strange. It rotates on its axis only once every 243 Earth days. Most unusually though is the planet's backward rotation. That means that Venus spins in the opposite direction of its orbit around the Sun, which would make the Sun seem to rise in the west and set in the east. Venus orbits the Sun every 225 Earth days, but its backward rotation means that a day on Venus lasts 117 Earth days. A fascinating planet, I think you'll agree. Now, if we go back down to the sand and move another two and a half centimeters from Venus and draw another wee circle, you can label that one, or point an arrow to it, and say that we are there. Because 90 odd million miles from the sun 25 million miles from Venus is us on planet Earth. The Greek word for land is ge or ga. Gaia was the goddess of the Earth. She was born from the vast emptiness of the universe called chaos. Viewed from space, Earth distinguishes itself. Set against a black canvas are blue waters, brown and green land masses and white, wispy clouds. But what is truly unique about our planet Earth is that as far as astrobiologists can determine this is the only planet in our solar system where life exists. Earth is one of our nine planets in the Solar System, located on a spiral arm of the Milky Way. It is the third planet from the Sun and averages a distance of 93 million miles from the Sun. It's also one of four terrestrial planets. In the inner solar system. It's the fifth largest planet and it has one satellite which we call the moon. If Earth is ordinary in size and location it is positively extraordinary because of its water and air. It is the only planet where water exists in abundance and where there is an atmosphere that can support many forms of life. Water is the foundation of all life on Earth, and Earth is the only known planet where water exists in all three states solid, liquid, and gas. In liquid form, water covers more than 70% of the planet's surface. And even though we know the oceans by names, such as Atlantic and Pacific, Earth really has just one big ocean. Powerful forces of wind and water combine to regulate the climate worldwide. They help keep Earth's temperatures relatively stable. Winds create daily weather patterns oceans have a slower, longer-lasting effect on climate change. The northern hemisphere contains most of Earth's land, and so as a result, it heats and cools quickly, which makes for hotter summers and colder winters. The southern hemisphere, by contrast, has more water which heats and cools more slowly, bringing milder weather with fewer temperature extremes. Earth's atmosphere is a layer of gases that surrounds and assists the planet. as a vehicle for our cycle of water. Clouds in the atmosphere redistribute water from oceans to land in the form of precipitation or rain. Scotland certainly knows about that. These gases also usefully serve to keep radiation from the sun, both in and out. In a process we call the Greenhouse Effect. Gases such as carbon dioxide entrap infrared radiation, thus making the planet warm enough for life to spread. In Earth's upper atmosphere, a layer of gaseous ozone, and that is molecules of oxygen with three atoms, acts as a natural sunblock, protecting us from the most of sun's harmful ultraviolet radiation. Our atmosphere consists of 78% Nitrogen and around 21% Oxygen, the gas that we are able to breathe. The remaining 1% is water vapour and other gases. It is all held together, like almost everything else, by gravity. 99% of mass of the Earth's atmosphere is in the first 40 to 50 miles above the surface. The gases become thinner and thinner with every increase in elevation. At about 37,000 miles, the atmosphere ends altogether. High above our atmosphere is a protective shield known as the magnetosphere. The Earth is like a huge magnet, which creates our magnetosphere, an invisible magnetic bubble surrounding the planet. The magnetosphere protects Earth by deflecting high energy ejections from the Sun. These are moving through space at speeds that often exceed a million miles per hour. These ejections of charged particles could destroy life if they all reached the Earth's surface. Occasionally, some particles break through the magnetosphere and are channeled along invisible lines of force towards the polar regions. When they hit the atmosphere, They sometimes cause it to glow, creating the famous, what we know as, northern and southern lights. Earth is the densest body in our solar system. It is made up of several layers, the crust the upper mantle and the lower mantle. Not only this, there is also an outer core and an inner core. The crust is a solid layer of rock that forms the continents and the seabeds. Earth's crust is thinner under the oceans and thicker on land. Most of Earth's mass is contained in its mantles. The upper mantle is hot molten rock, and the lower mantle is more solid. While the Earth's outer core is liquid, the inner core is a solid ball of mostly iron. And this inner core is about the size of the planet Mars. Temperatures at Earth's centre are very hot. Hotter than the Sun's surface. The Earth's surface is very young by comparison. The crust and upper mantle are broken into seven large and many smaller tectonic plates. Because the upper mantle is hot and moldable, the plates can slide around, spreading apart and colliding with each other. This shifting causes earthquakes and volcanic eruptions. Most earthquakes occur at the edges Of tectonic plates, along fault lines or fractures in the crust. The movement of plates, along with wind and water erosion, reshapes the surface over time. For example, Mountains were all formed by buckling crust. Earth is 4.6 billion years old. There are no records of its formative geology or of the organisms that may have lived in the very, very beginning. We do know that life started in single cells, and then multiplied. Scientists have identified about 1.8 million species living today, most of them in the oceans. But the life forms that we do see today represent only a small proportion of those that have existed on planet Earth. Over time, most of the species that ever lived, an incredible 99%, have died out. So what if we now take another mild departure from our planet and go a little further out into space once more. But not too far this time. Not just yet. Do you see over to the east horizon just above the hills? big glowing sphere of our moon. It's rising slowly, but it'll be high above us in no time. Magnificent desolateness is how men who have walked on the moon have described it. And although it is the only extraterrestrial body on which humans have landed, there is still so much we do not understand. It is a barren, cratered sphere with no water or atmosphere that orbits our Earth. Sometimes it's visible and sometimes it's vanished, but it's always mysterious. The moon is like a place that we cannot completely know, a place that always keeps some secrets. Mystery and myth have surrounded our understanding of the moon from ancient times. According to superstition, a full moon causes madness. The word lunatic comes from luna, the Latin word for moon and it literally means moonstruck. Europeans over this side of the water thought that they saw the face of the man in the moon, while Mayans believed that they saw the face of a rabbit. Through the ages, the moon has been a favorite subject for writers. For example, in the 19th century, the famous Jules Verne helped popularize science fiction when he wrote about space travel in stories such as From the Earth to the Moon. Some of the allure from the Moon might be down to the shape changes, or the phases. The Moon orbits the Earth around once a month, and as it does so, its apparent shape changes from a round ball called a full moon nothing much at all. This is known as a new moon, when the earth completely obstructs the sunlight from reaching the moon's surface. Because the moon does not produce its own light, of course, we see only the half that is lit by the sun. And we always see the same side of the moon, the near side, because it is in synchronous rotation with the earth. This means that it takes the same amount of time for the moon to rotate on its own axis, as it does to revolve around the earth be exact. That is 27.3 days. Scientists are not really sure how the moon was formed. Many believe that it was created when an asteroid or small planetary body collided with Earth four and a half billion years ago. That collision would have thrown debris into orbit, which eventually joined together to become the moon. The moon was hot and molten to begin with, and over time it cooled and formed a cratered outer layer, or mantle, and just like Earth, an iron core. There are two basic types of terrain on the Moon. Light, cratered highlands called Terra, that's Latin for lands. They surround darker, smoother, marrier, meaning seas because they were once thought to be bodies of water. The craters were probably caused by the impact of meteorites on the Moon's surface, the largest of which is known as the Walled Plains. The Moon has no atmosphere, And its gravity is weak. About one-sixth of Earth's. This means that a person who weighed 82 kilograms or about 180 pounds on Earth would weigh no more than 14 kilograms or 30 pounds on the Moon. This proved to be a big help to astronauts who went to the moon because of their spacesuits, equipped with life-saving support systems, which were obviously very heavy. On the 20th of July 1969, only 66 years after the Wright brothers first flew, the American spacecraft Apollo 11 landed on the Sea of Tranquility, and the famous Neil Armstrong became the first person to set foot on the Moon. a nice pausing point, don't you think? Because that takes us pretty much as close as we can to our own planet before we venture out into the deepest depths of our solar system. I would suggest we make a mark in the sand for our moon, but you would be making a tiny pin dock only a couple of millimetres away from the Earth so I don't think we'd even know it was there. The gaps between the further planets are about to get a lot bigger because they all seem clustered near the Sun just now, don't they? But before we continue our journey how about a wee top-up? Tea? Or a whiskey? Whatever it is that you fancy. Let's just listen to the night sounds and enjoy the millions of stars above for a wee while. Let your mind wander, and imagine what else is there in the vastness of space. There really is so much we don't know. But what we can see from here is just how beautiful our solar system really is even with our naked eyes. From horizon to horizon, the great ocean of the Milky Way spans. It really looks as though it never ends, don't you think? Which, I guess it doesn't. continue our journey soon, but again I will give you a hint. The gaps between your dots in the sand are about to get a lot, lot bigger.